I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. This week is all about the 1993 film Kung Fu Cult Master, uh, directed by Wang Jing and starring Jet Li. And this is a crazy movie. <laughs> the, Carlos, <laughs> Carlos recommended this, and whenever I watched it, I was like, this is a Carlos movie. Uh, like, right, just, like directly out of his in, in, in a good In a good way. <laughs> like everything so much about carlos's personality just made sense you know <laughs> i i yeah, i'm assuming totally. that's a, yeah yeah it's, it's a good it's thing good, it's good <laughs> yeah it's just totally like compliment. you know whenever you see a thing that you can tell was just kind of formative in a person's like you know how their tastes and stuff and it's like i got it i got it yeah yeah <laughs> so carlos so Carlos, why did you recommend this movie? Okay, well, uh, I've said I could probably tell yeah, you why, but many times already, and uh, I'm happy that we're covering it. But uh, this is a movie that was kind of pivotal to me uh, when I was a teenager. I guess in high school, um, I still have been trying to rack my brain trying to figure out how it came into my life, but I, I'm <laughs> pretty sure that it was my friend Alberto. Either he had the tape or I had the tape, but um this movie was like this crazy exaggerated like image that you have of kung fu movies in your head like this <laughs> yeah, sure. movie is actually what that is um 100 percent. it's yeah. like whenever it's kind of like when you go back to old like action movies and like you have your vision in your mind of what a crazy action movie is but sometimes whenever you watch it it's like you know like the original First Blood's actually a pretty serious, you know, right. Right. movie about PTSD and stuff. But then there's like true lies. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's exactly what you're expecting. This is kind of like that. Sure, sure. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, this movie was like once I saw it and I talked to my friends about it, we were like, what are all these movies like <laughs> i have to find more How of these possible? movies like this like people flying around and flipping and shooting fireballs it's it's all there mm. and um it really was like i guess a corner like a foundation of like what all the things that i would grow up liking a lot i liked like robots and stuff and video games and like martial arts movies and like and all these nerdy things and um once i saw this movie i had to start looking into all the other things like <laughs> like <laughs> uh i had seen like jackie chan and some bruce lee and stuff like that but never had i seen like the crazy flipping around like in this movie mm-hmm. yeah it's great <laughs> yeah and it's a lot of fun and this is also the first movie that marty also hadn't seen before watching it for the show so yeah, <laughs> yeah. marty what are you, what are your like first impressions from it yeah no um it, it's reputation definitely like preceded it uh not just from carlos but it uh has sort of an infamous um kind of reputation and i guess like out there in the kung fu world and it did not uh disappoint 
Um, <laughs> yeah, this is something where yeah. it's like everything is turned up to 11 or maybe 13 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it has like all the sort of madcap irreverence that you kind of come to expect from Wong Jing. If you've seen any of his other films, um, I was going to ask about that, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of an amazing point in time. You know, there was this, I think sort of a brief window where a movie like this could have ever been conceived or financed or executed. And I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of astounding as you, as you watch this thing. Um, I mean, like you guys are alluding to it's, uh, it, I could see it being maybe a challenging watch for, for some folks out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, right at the but, beginning of the movie, yeah. they just dump all this information on you. I was going to say, there's this Lord of the Rings-esque dump of lore at the very beginning about like all these different clans that are all fighting over dominance and there's magical swords. And the one of the first shots of the movie is two people jumping up and flying up into the air and clashing their swords. Right. Well, it's amazing it's, how unprecious they are with all that footage in the beginning because it's uh, like the scope of it is is pretty bold and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. set against these like pretty scenic vistas in some cases and like, you know, with like a whole legion of extras and they're just kind of like throwing these scenes at you and then just kind of stepping away from them. And yeah, yeah I can't think of another movie that uh that really has done something like that i mean it almost feels like you're watching clips from a previous film or something right um, right and just what, how was happening they are about that footage i don't know it's kind of amazing yeah this mm. is actually and i didn't know this at the time but i mean when i was a teenager i see it and i already didn't know a lot about a lot of these movies so i didn't have <laughs> right. an anchor to like you know to <laughs> tell me this is way crazier than the other stuff but yeah so i kind of am seeing all of this stuff like all these different group names and i would probably only know like shaolin and maybe wu-tang but not from martial art movies from the rap group and like (laughs) yeah yeah. and i'm like all right this is a bunch of weird stuff but i don't know any of this and then once like the movie kind of starts on its own and then all of a sudden you got these uh, this crazy over exaggerated wire work. I'm like, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. like, wait a second, yeah. like, what's going on here? And so I just kind of was swept away with that. So I didn't, this, yeah, this totally. is one of those things where I watched it. I, I was not being critical of it at all. So I kind of have this nostalgia for the movie, but I do, I can remove myself from it and acknowledge, like, well, well, this doesn't really work or, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like no i 100 percent. if i had seen this whenever i was you know 14 i would have absolutely loved it i would have been like this is like violent power rangers yeah <laughs> like right right because that was kind of what i thought watching throughout the movie was like the thing that it reminded me the most of was power rangers okay. and like the just oh, well just because that. like the way that the shots are are done and like the, like lots of big zoom ins and zoom outs mm-hmm. and it being, you know, kind of hammy and, and everything. Right. Um, but that's mainly because that's the main yeah. martial arts related thing I saw whenever I was a kid. So yeah. I guess that um, it has. Such and a that was unique... also made in the 90s. So, right. It has such a unique tone for me where it's like it sort of stops short of being like all out comedy. And actually, <laughs> it's it's rarely kind of like winking at the audience in terms of 
in terms of like all out comedy, but it's, it's super zany and it is funny. Um, mm-hmm, and there's something mm-hmm. really interesting about that because there were other films, you know, in this period that are just more sort of like straight comedy and things are wild and crazy and sort of confusing. Mm-hmm. But th- there's this interesting thing, almost kind of phenomenon with uh, Kung Fu Cult Master where it's like, it sort of feels like the movie is going to like break apart and like <laughs> explode and like yeah. the film is going to come out of the projector or something and it yeah. doesn't. Uh, and that's like on yeah, every it's like, front. It's like a train that just yeah. constantly is like even, teetering right on the edge, but never completely goes totally. over. Totally, It's like even the story itself, it seems like, okay, we're just going to, we're just abandoning the story. Right. It's like, that right. isn't important, but it hangs in there like just barely somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. there were there were so many things that i didn't write down initially (laughs) when i was watching through it and then it came back later and i was like wait oh that was important yeah (laughs) why was the piece of candy he got as a kid important (laughs) but it is yeah no it totally is the thing about this movie um for doing the episode doing some research on it was this is based on uh Mm -hmm. some wuja novels like yeah. Uh, by Louis Cha, which I guess he's like regarded as one of like the maybe most influential Wuja like writers of his time. And um, there have been a lot of adaptions of it in different media, like TV shows, even video games, I guess. But um, oh, cool. So when they made this movie, um, they were they had it in mind that this was going to be a kind of a series but yep. but what ended and... up happening was it actually was a flop, so they never ended up continuing yeah. the storyline. And, and the movie ends on a hard cliffhanger. Yeah, so yeah. we and... don't get a freeze frame really, but we get a definite well, cliffhanger. Well, yeah, we do get a freeze frame over the over the credits, but it's oh, not, sure of the group. But yeah, it's not that sort of like interrupted action beat freeze frame. Yeah, yeah. it's like a nice sort of still pose of mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. some of the heroes yeah it's funny i would say like I, I had a lot of sort of like reminiscent feelings of a film that would come out a few years a couple of years after this um a chinese odyssey you know starring stephen chow and those mm. those series of films ended up being you know really huge hits and they were able to kind of you know continue kind of the story on and on and i've never seen them yeah, I'd really, yeah, you'd really get a kick out of them. But I think, uh, in many ways, Kung Fu Cult Master kind of uh, primed the pump, uh, sort of for, for that kind of movie to be possible because it's also kind of similarly wild and um, kind of frenetic in terms of like the pace of the story and mm. the sort of magical elements are. Yeah, they're really, <laughs> they're really something. And also, you just they're just kind of thrown into the film, and you just sort of need to accept things and move yeah. with you know kind of the swift pace of the movie. And that's yeah, Kung Fu Cult Master is is like that, and it, it does something that uh, a lot of my favorite movies do, which is it's like, okay, once we leave this scene, nothing will be the same, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it really, you could say that a lot of the choices that were made in this film are kind of crazy but every choice is made with a whole lot of conviction i guess you could say um, yeah yeah and yeah they really roll with it <laughs> it's funny that you know last episode we watched once upon a time in china and that was kind of for our show the introduction to wire foo but mm-hmm. in right. so many ways that movie seems so much more grounded compared 
to this movie. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I was. I couldn't help watching it, but compare it in a you know in a weird way with Crashing Tiger because right. Crashing Tiger is also based on a Wuja novel mm-hmm. and also involves magic and swords and flying, but it's definitely it, it's kind of the Lord of the Rings as compared to this is kind of like Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> like okay, like yeah. they're both yeah, like they're that. both fantasy things, but one's more like epic and and sweeping, and one is like swords and sorcery, lots of fighting and blood and stuff. Yeah, no, I like that, and it's uh, it also feels like we kind of uh, paved the way really nicely with our last episode because you can see the influence of Choi Hark's Once Upon a Time in China filmmaking on this, and mm-hmm. if we were to you know take a cross section of maybe even like five or six popular kung fu movies that came out you know between 1991 and uh and 93 you know sort of in the wake of once upon a time in china uh you'd see that that's sort of happening across the board um you know a lot more ambitious uh camera moves and use of cranes and and dollies and and stuff like that and obviously very ambitious with with the wire work um but yeah, the, but we should also say, I mean, choreography is is pretty outstanding in this movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there is a lot of undercranking and overcranking and stuff like that. A lot, <laughs> and the, All the editing, overcranking, you know, is is pretty is pretty quick. But um, you know, mm-hmm. Sam Hung and his crew, as usual, you know, like they yep. these fellows really brought it. Uh, and Samo himself uh, shows up in the movie as kind of a. Kind of like the the teacher. Yeah, he's he's character. terrific. You you kind of yeah. wish his and, character was uh, in a little bit more of the movie, like uh, mm-hmm. selfishly, yeah. just because he's yeah he's just such a great presence. And he of course has the uh, out of control uh, facial hair <laughs> with like the <laughs> yeah, the eyebrows that go down to like his shoulders. Yeah, and, he's got these huge crazy hair. eyebrows going on. There's a lot of crazy eyebrows in this movie, mm-hmm. more more so than we're used to seeing. Yeah, you'd hope that like the real life Samo when he when he enters, you know, old age. Yeah. Um, we'll get those kind of like white wispy eyebrows, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not even sure how to approach this because well, yeah, let me because let me take okay. a crack at this. All right. All yeah. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> so I've seen this a lot at different versions, I guess, because I I got a DVD for us to watch, and uh, it's pretty much the same. But the subtitles weren't as good as what I remember watching back then. But I guess you, so. You probably actually understand what's I happening. I think that maybe I have a little stronger grasp of the story because of that. Yeah. So you've got these two swords: the Tolong sword and the Yi Tin sword. These are legendary mm-hmm. swords that were like infused with like the mysteries of kung fu in them. So whoever gets these swords will basically rule the martial arts world. So what happens with rotoscoping is yeah, it's like a uh, a war of factions, almost yeah. a Game of Thrones. You could say <laughs> where all these people are. Game trying... of Thrones would be ten thousand times better if people could literally fly and shoot energy blasts yes. out of their hands. Yeah, and um, <laughs> all these different. There's like two major divisions. So you've got the Shaolin side, which is formed of different groups, which is like the Wu Tang, Wu Tang, Nyomai, Kunlun, Hong Tung, and Hua Shan group. That's one side of the group. Then the other side <laughs> is like. The Ming sect, 
and uh, oh, the know, evil side. They're sect. like the evil side, right? That's the, that's the prologue literally says they're called the mean sect, but most people just call them the evil sect. Yeah. Like, oh, well. So it's mean, mean a broad is a brush, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the <laughs> whole thing with that is there are certain generals in that group that they name, and they each have a color coordination. And you don't even get to see, like, all of them in this movie. Um, there's Queen of Purple Dragon, King of White Eagle, King of Gold Lion, who's important, and yes. uh, King of Green Bat. King of Green Bat. I love King of Green Bat so and this, much. Yeah, okay. I've mentioned him Gosh. before. He's played he's by Richard, Richard Ng yeah. in it. And, uh, yeah, he's his great. out-of-control mustache. Yep. Which is actually his you see his mustache like that in lots of movies <laughs> maybe yeah, this is a little like exaggerated a signature look yeah. but I guess. it's yeah it's basically his look so the whole thing yeah, about these swooping up mustache he looks like he looks like kind of like a the snidely whiplash kind yeah. of like, totally yeah he does oh, but i great. can't imagine anything uh batman related in the upcoming justice league will be anywhere near as cool as his <laughs> shot like silhouetted against the moon he does, yeah, they do oh, him flapping so up cool. in front he does, of the moon. He kind of throws batarangs at one point. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So you've got these two warring factions made up of different groups. But what happens is that there's a young pupil from one side and then a, a young woman from the other side. And they kind of have like a forbidden love. And mm-hmm. um, they team up with the King of Gold Lion. And they kind of escape into seclusion. But the whole thing is that King of Gold Lion has one of the swords. I believe he has the Tolung sword. So that creates this uh, situation where they're kind of always going to have to be on the run and in hiding. And then they yeah. have a child. So what happens is Samo Hung's character is Cheng San Fung. And yeah, Sun Fung. He's the leader of Wu Tang, I believe. Forgive me if I mess this up. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, was say, I always uh, thought it was either Riza or Old Dirty Bastard, but I think that's it right. is. Yeah, yes, yes, I'd say. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, I was about yeah. to say R.I.P. Um, so on his hundredth birthday, they're kind of going out into the market. And um, then two uh, two characters show up. They're called the Jinxes. One is uh, represented by the deer, and one is represented by the crane. Uh, they usually have staffs. So they they come to uh, the two. Uh, it's Yan Soso and Cheng Su San. Yeah, yeah. Her. This is the the husband and wife that have the son, who yeah. is Cheng Moke, and he's just a little kid at the time. Yeah. And um, they attack them because they want to find out where the gold lion is so they can get that sword. What happens is Cheng Sang Fung shows up and they have like this. This is where like you immediately see like, holy crap, like what the first shot is like the super wire, super fast under crank shot of yeah. uh, Cheng Sui San flying at uh, the crane guy. So they right. lock hands. In midair, and then they immediately they, like, spin, spin to the ground. Around. Like it's like four hundred spins on yeah. the way to the ground, and then their hands are it's locked kind of together, so they're kind of forcing each other back and forth with their strength. And there's a lot of moments in this movie where they represent like a fierce physical action by the characters spitting up blood. 
Yeah. There's so much splitting up blood in this movie. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it almost kind of reminds me of like an anime or something. And um, I was thinking of anime a lot when I was watching this yeah. this movie. So uh, what happens is uh, Cheng Song Fung shows up. He kind of gets in the middle of things. But the Jinxes grab their son, Chang Mo Kei. And they kind of have like a standoff. And they're like, all right, we're going to do like a, a quick trade. So they count to three and they trade. But in the middle of that, the Jinxes, they have this technique called the Jinx Palm. And they use it on both parents at the in that encounter but then they strike Chang Moke the son who is like a little kid at the time with the Jinx Palm and what the Jinx Palm does is it makes you unable to use Kung Fu for the rest of your life <laughs> which <laughs> I, I is was crazy it's like a very, at a very early age which kind of yeah <laughs> my lack of coordination and everything <laughs> that's why I'm tripping all the time <laughs> yeah. but you get like a handprint bruise on you which looks kind of cool too so um yeah. then what happens is uh, they go back to the the, the Wu Tang. They go back there, and the priests like are like, from, yeah, they're yeah. trying to do this healing. And even that is super exaggerated, where it's like these guys are floating around yeah. Chang Moke in his like bath, and they're like, oh, it's not working, and they leap into the air, and the the bathtub explodes, and that's that's like crazy too. So, um. Yeah. After this happens, all of the sects show up. So the um, the Ming sect, I should say. You know, the bad guys at the time. Oh, it's yeah. everybody. It's everybody. Everybody shows up. Yes, yeah, so they pretty everyone yeah. and their brothers in this, yep. this courtyard now. Yep, everyone shows up and they're like, Cheng Sui-san, you need to tell us where uh, Gold Lion is. You know, because we, we want the sword. And it's like, oh, crap. Like, there's no way out of this now. And... Cheng Sang Fung shows up. He's like, how dare you jerks like do this on my 100th birthday? And there's a little fight between right. him and uh, a lady. They call her No Mercy in the movie. He's like, No Mercy. It's a really cool. Yeah. I, I think it's a really cool name. She's really yeah, she's cool a great too. Character. Yeah. She's yeah. kind of this older woman, but very confident and very aggressive. And um, she's got the other sword. She's got the Yi Tin sword. So um, the way they visualize that is like an energy whip of a sword so she'll draw the sword and she'll strike like she'll swing the sword and you'll see this um practical like like a special yeah, it's like rotoscope yeah like yeah, yeah kind yeah. of whip of like a of, cartoon of just like flash of yellow yeah it's, yeah, it's really yeah really it kind of reminded me of like the emperor's lightning and star wars but sure. yellow yeah that's a good comparison and um or um oh, there's there's something really specific from probably some old Steven Spielberg movie that I'm trying to think of that looks like that. <laughs> sure. Where it's like a where it's like a yellow whip. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, in don't in know. Raiders at the end, there's something. There's some kind of rotoscope. Yeah, yeah, like the like the stuff coming out of the of the arch. Sure. It's a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um. Gosh, I need to rewatch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah. So it gets to the point where Cheng Sui San realizes, like, you know. There's nothing I can do. They're going to, you know, either they're going to kill my family or whatever. And it's like this crazy standoff. And he does this thing, which is also like insane, where he's like, all right, I'm going to tell you guys like this is what you want. Like, this is what you get. And he does this technique where he like makes his own heart explode. Yeah, it's like he like, I don't know if he forces all the blood to his heart or something or whatever, but it's like his heart literally explodes and he sprays blood all he over. He sprays blood place. out of his chest. And this 
that reminded that was the most anime sounding thing to me because like i could see a character in like jojo bizarre adventure doing something like like just the the start cackling laughing and then their chest just explodes well it's like the most unique magic it's like you've just never heard of it's like a superpower to to kill yourself yeah and i would always say like back in the day to my friends like how do you practice that technique? <laughs> <laughs> how how yeah, can kind you? Of a, even... That's kind of a one-time usage <laughs> kind of technique. Yeah, it's it's insane. So this is very tragic, and Cheng Mo yeah. is very sad. And uh, his mother says to him, you know, she says, "Look at all these people. All these people are stained with your father's blood. Like, never forget this." And um, yeah, well, and but doesn't she? She sort of tricks the Shaolin monk, right? Yeah, so she does her part too, or she's like, "Okay, I will tell you where Gold Lion is," and she whispers to the Shaolin monk, but she it's intelligible, and he's like, "Wait, what? What did you say?" And she's like, "I've told you where the Gold Lion is, like, you know, blah blah blah," and everybody pounces on him, like, "Hey, you know what it is?" He's like, "No, I don't know, I don't know." So she's like, look at, look at what I did. Like, and she says to him, like, never trust a woman or something. Yeah, she's, like, she's basically, basically like parroting, hey, women. parroting Wang Jing's like male fantasies or something here. It's really <laughs> weird. It's like, don't ever trust a woman. The prettier she is, the more deadly. Yeah. Do you see what I did? You can, you can never trust a woman. Yeah. Spe- you never trust and then women. Something like, especially a beautiful woman will be yeah. cunning and, it's it's really bizarre lesson to leave her son with, but it's so weird. And then she stabs herself. And then yeah, yeah she kills herself. So yep. both but like of his really close to gone. her son, like while her son is embracing her, and so yep. so it's kind of a miracle that the yeah. Moke is as well adjusted as he is. Yeah. So. so then, after all this, they all leave, and it goes to just the scene of uh, young Chang Moke. He's walking in a field and he has a flute and he plays the song of time from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> yeah, then advances <laughs> and then seven years. Then and... he's like an adult. So um, yep. now he's an adult. And then whenever he's an adult, he pulls out the candies from his, and he like still has the candies from seven years ago. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, they're dude, dry that's gross. It's like they're yeah. all like. He, late, later on, he says that he dried them. But when I first saw it, I was like that's like that's how you get ants man like <laughs> right yeah you gotta be careful with that you know i'm i imagine there are a lot of elements uh in the movie that they were hoping would pay off like later on in the series do you think yeah, yeah. maybe because i could totally see like the end of the second movie that never happened he like defeats the final boss of the movie and then eats one of the yeah. you know what eats one of the candies or something he's like i've right. earned this and yeah he eats it yeah <laughs> So and then he the other... spits it back up because it's eight-year-old candy, and that's gross. Yeah, right. In this scene, you see him talking to Chang Sung Fung, Samo Hong's character, and mm-hmm. he's telling him about this uh, this monk that uh, died in this area where they're standing. There's like a cliff, and he said, yeah, this monk jumped off a cliff, and it's so sad because if he was around, you could be cured because he had this crazy martial arts style that he learned on accident from a sutra and it's called he was a cooking monk they say he's a cooking monk but see yeah they said a cooking monk. the thing about it is i remember in my original uh movie that i had that they said he was a cannibal so they don't they don't (laughs) it's a little different yeah they don't address i think maybe the subtitles on this were wrong 
I could or the original one. I was think wrong. they. Or maybe I think they mentioned right. later like that a cooking cannibal or yeah, they qualify it though in the movie because he says something like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat a a student yeah, of Chang yeah. Sung Fung when you see oh, him later." Oh, right. But um, so I don't know what actually is the reality, yeah. but uh, see, he practiced this. It's called the Great Solar Stance, and yep. he says that if Chang Sung, I mean, if Chang Mo Kei. Uh, learn this style he would be cured of his jinx so what it is is that the jinx palm not only does it cause him to not have knowledge of kung fu but he also gets these attacks of like coldness that eventually will kill him unless somebody kind of shares their life energy with him and that's what uh chang sung fung has been doing uh all his life right Mm. so the thing yeah the thing about that too it's he also says this other thing that's kind of related to it, but not. But he says something along the lines of, like, if you learn Kung Fu, uh, you have to be pure. So you need to be like a virgin. Like, yeah. To, like, study. And then he actually calls out the, the monk guy saying, like, you're obviously not a virgin. Otherwise, you'd be able to defeat me or, or something like that. <laughs> you're pretty good. You some style could almost make you invincible. But you weren't a virgin when you started learning. Because otherwise, i you. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. And <laughs> well, the, we have that in our culture too, where virgins are seen as the most powerful and the most. Um, yeah, right. they're highly <laughs> the regarded. Fighters. They don't get picked on. Yeah, right? if you if you haven't had sex by the time you're thirty, you turn to a wizard. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and the other thing that's really funny is that he says to Chang Monke that, like, basically, like. I get boners every morning, even though yeah. I'm a hundred. <laughs> that was not, that was one of the things where I didn't write it down, and then it actually becomes an important like <laughs> character development moment later. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, you never know what's going to be like a running theme uh, in Kung Fu yeah. Master, and that's what, but yeah, Samo really. Samuel really sells that joke. I feel like um, he does. Yeah, he's, and again, that's what you were saying earlier, Marty. That like the movie knows that it's silly, and like right. it isn't necessarily like a parody, but it is. But it knows that it's silly, and it and it kind of embraces it, and isn't afraid to have you know have some silly fun. Yeah, yeah totally. And, and even in the fighting, and I think there was a glimpse of this in an earlier scene with with no mercy i think samo does it first and then it's a callback with Jet Li later but mm-hmm. where they're just slapping her relentlessly and saying like i was gonna i wrote down in my notes i wrote down in my notes samo hits more women in this movie <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah so maybe maybe it's good he took a little break in the middle um <laughs> but just so it's a little different like, whenever it's you know the you know the evil other you know kung fu master not just his wife sure yikes <laughs> um see see our previous episode on or spooky uh, encounters, spook encounters yep. if you uh want to understand that so we do get a little bit of this uh wong jing kind of uh romantic comedy like sexual mishaps stuff going on and they right. kind of play that up a little more in the following scene so you get to meet some of the other students uh, there, and one of them, his name is Ching Su, and um, I recognize that dude from a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, Ka- Colin Cho, I think. Yeah, he's in the Matrix. He's in one. Yeah, I think he's in the sequels. Oh. I think. Yeah, and oh, cool. uh, so he's kind of like the other. He's like the leader, but the like the head student, but he's kind of dejected because even though Chang Mo doesn't practice kung fu he's still like kind of adored 
there, and he kind of is jealous of that. So mm-hmm. what ends up happening is that... Oh, the thing I forgot is um, in the middle of that confrontation when Samo Hung is slapping that nun, he grabs the <laughs> Yitin sword from her. And oh, yeah, and right. he just throws he just it behind launches him. launches it, it, yeah, and it flies back it into, the into the temple. temple. Yeah, yeah right and he says to, to them... giant Buddha statue that they have. Yep. And that looks really awesome. I love yeah, that. Yeah, really cool. Uh, mm. He says to them, like, come back in seven years, like, bring one of your best students, and you can get the sword back. So now this has happened. So there's mm. a young lady that shows up, and she's very beautiful. And you can tell that Chang Moke is taken by her. And she's coming to get the sword. And Chang Sang Fun tells her, oh, please stay for a day or two while you're here. You can learn uh, sword style from uh, one of our students. She's like, okay. Right. What happens is one night, uh, Chang Mo Ke runs into some dudes that are peeping on her because she's like going to take a bath. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he like kicks them away and she's there. She's like, oh, please just stay with me. But it's all a ruse yeah. because uh, she's going to go to kiss him and he closes his eyes. And then he gets marked like, ah, ha, ha, like we tricked you. She's not going to kiss you. And it's Ching Su, um, the other student. And he says like, uh, it turns into this kind of prank but it escalates further than it should because they're kind of beating Moke up and then he kind yeah, of bites right. his fingers and draws blood so then he gets angry and you know he tells him like oh you know I could be a legend but uh Chang Sung Fun's wasting his energy on you like it's all your fault and then in the middle of all of this <laughs> you get another character that shows up and yep. um her name is Siu Chu and yeah, she's awesome Su-Chi. too. I think she might yeah. be like one she of my is. favorite characters. Yeah. I was gonna say I really like Su Chu. She has, uh, she's again this movie actually I think uh, despite having gratuitous use of the word bitch in the translation, yeah. um, right. it actually does have some really good strong female characters. Yeah, in totally. It, and, and they're and not just wall dressing. Call, it's usually women calling each other. Yeah, know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Names, right, and so. you get a little bit of that right there. And so yeah. Siu Chu, yes. she's played by Ching Mai Yao, I believe her name is. Yeah, and Ching she's Mai Yao. super cute. She looks like an anime character. She's got <laughs> she <these> does. <laughs> cute little nose. She was also a uh, a Hong Kong beauty pageant winner. Oh, okay. And I think I think Samo has a type. Makes so. sense. <laughs> well, yeah, we, I, I would... I wouldn't necessarily blame Samo in that. That's like that's how some, oh, no. most of the industry sort of yeah. worked. In so she shows up, and it looks like she's kind of causing trouble too. She's kind of mm. spying on them. It seems like, but she sees this confrontation and she sides with Moke, uh, for whatever reason. And uh, what ends up happening in the middle of all of this is that um, this fight escalates, and it looks really cool too. Like she's got like chains. She looks like she's bound. But yeah. she uses them as weapons, so she'll, like, flip around and stuff. And her outfit's really bright red. Like, I think a lot of yeah. the characters in this movie kind of look like cartoon characters. She's got this mm-hmm. kind of crazy uh, hairstyle, and she's got this bright red outfit and these chains. Yeah, it so could almost very be like distinct. a manga or something. Um, yes. Yeah, well, I was going to say, May from Overwatch has an alternate costume that looks exactly the same oh, as this. Uh, and I, where it's like red and the hair is done the same way and stuff. I think she has a Jiangxi outfit as well. She does, yeah. yeah. Actually, I saw that right after we recorded the Halloween episode. And I was like, oh, I could have mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what you find out about 
uh, Siu Chu is that she's from the Ming sect, the uh, the opposing group. She kind of was trying to get that sword as well. You don't know if it's just that she knows that the sword can free her or what, because she's got these sp- very specific chains that right. seem like they're magic or something, and they can't be broken off by normal means. And she's but, able to to use the sword to break at least some of her bounds, like yeah. Um, early on yeah there's a lot of really nice uh camera work in the fight and what ends up happening though is they end up by that cliff that they were at earlier uh Mm -hmm. during the day and um the young lady i forget her name but she uses the sword to slice like part of the cliff away and they fall down into uh like a canyon um, and there's like all these, uh, whenever I sort of saw it, uh, all these vines show up whenever they're falling down. I'm like, that's a little convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Those vines just showing up just in time to break their fall. Yeah. But then they, okay, this next scene, this was the bit where I, one of the couple of bits in the movie where my jaw kind of dropped because I wasn't <laughs> yeah, quite believing amazing. what I was seeing. So they fall down and they're, you know, they're all hurt and like trying to kind of gather themselves. And then this boulder comes spinning, like, <laughs> comes spinning and not spinning, like, rolling across the ground, but, like, right. spinning, like, someone spinning a basketball on their finger. And it comes sliding towards them. They have to dodge out of the way. And if that wasn't crazy enough, there's a dude just strapped to it. <laughs> I mean, at first you just, just see it. Like, laughing at them. Sort of, like, a head, like, coming out. It's almost like if the boulder from Raiders had, like, thoughts and feelings. And <laughs> exactly. And stuff. What, what I was thinking is it's like a Dark Souls character. Like, <laughs> sure. I could see a character in Dark Souls that's just this, uh, you know, about six times creepier. Yeah. But it's, like, this monster that's, like, oh, it's a boulder, but it has arms and legs. <laughs> and, ah, it's it's nuts. It's so wacky. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And when, and that's whenever and that's when I saw it. That's whenever I sent a message over to Carlos saying, I see exactly why you recommended this movie. <laughs> oh that's man. Great. It's great. Yeah. But it turns out that that guy that's strapped to it is the the cooking monk, the guy that Samo's character threw off the cliff all those years ago. And he basically says to him, you know, like I can, you know, cure you of this jinx thing, but you know, I won't. And right. that's whenever uh, Mokay gets the like the sh- the the coldness it's happens like again because of the Jinx palm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and his face like flashes green for a little bit, which I thought was kind of interesting. But then, of course, in order to keep him warm for the night, that's whenever the uh, Suchu has to basically cuddle him for the night yeah, <laughs> to keep them keep him warm. Yeah, I know, tough life. <laughs> And and this is whenever he wakes up. That's whenever he he looks down at at his crotch and, and he's like, "Huh, that hasn't happened before." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, that came back. That was important." Yeah, I, I hope that wasn't like, in the original the original Wuxia novel, but who knows? We haven't read it. So. Who knows? Yeah, yeah I, who I haven't knows? read it. Um, he says something like, "Yeah," because she's like, "Um, is there?" Do you have yeah, a like, weapon is there a on sword? you? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "What?" He's like, "Oh my god." And he's like, "I hope she's not pregnant." <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that, that was that's, like, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, yeah he's so, so ignorant whenever it comes to that that he's like, oh no, she's gonna be pregnant now." Yeah. So what happens is the oh, next man. day they encounter uh, the dude in the boulder again, and what he says is he wants him to denounce Wu Tang. And denounce Chang Sang Fung. Basically, actually, in the subtitle, he says, "Call him an asshole." Right. <laughs> <Great. laughs> yeah. I'm okay. I'll help on condition that you call your man for that. 
<laughs> he's like, and I then, need yeah, you. Yeah, Jet to... does that great thing. It's like the asshole is you. And yeah, I like that. <laughs> that was so good. Great. <laughs> so yeah. he. That's the... actually there's a couple of good subtitles bits in this. Like earlier in the movie, after um, Okay gets the the Jinx palm initially, he says, "I feel so painful." Oh, that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mom even continues to say like whenever you feel painful you need to take this <laughs> right um, oh man it's good stuff yeah it's great so what happens is instead of doing what he says to learn the solar stance he kind of uses the deception that he learned from his mom as a kid to yeah. trick him into being taught the stance so he says yeah. something like you know I don't think you'll do it like or basically like I dare you not to give me the solar stance. And he's like, oh, you fool, like, I'll show you. And then he ends up yeah. doing what he wanted. It's anyways. kind of a rabbit season, duck season situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the way they kind of represent this is strange, too. So he can use the the vines around him as, like, extensions, like, or as appendages. So, like, he fights with them. And you see that a little while before that. But basically, he wraps Which, them that- up. This is like a, that's like a, speaking of video game characters, that's like a, if you could see like a Castlevania boss yeah, that's oh, like yeah. that with like the vines slapping out and stuff. I don't know. This whole movie is such a video game movie. Yeah, like, it's rife. There are levels and boss fights and it's great. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, and the other thing they do is they show like he can like do like physical, like almost like a Qigong kind of fireball attack or like a force attack where. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he's tied up with his arms stretched out, you'll see a superimposed image of his arms like attacking forward, and um, right. he'll like strike with like the air, like you'll see an attack. But what he does is he wraps him up and he basically squeezes the jinx palm out of him, and they're represented by like these. They almost look like cough drops or something. And actually, when I first saw the movie and this was happening, I was like. Is, are those is he the like candies? Squeezing like his balls out of him or something oh, like is this like a like a crazy testicle thing? Or I was like, oh yeah. my god! <laughs> no, I got you because like yeah, I, I, thought, I always thought they were like I thought they were like ice cubes is what they look yeah, like. It's something like they're they're small and like white with a little little translucent. And then whenever he keeps doing it, then they eventually are like covered in blood yeah. and stuff. And it's it's kind of nuts. The other thing I really thought was fun about that is he gives him the like the first level of he's like now you have the first level of solar stance, but it's almost yeah. like it's an affliction where and, and the yeah. jinx palm as well I guess you know like you're infected with this kung fu now you can never <laughs> get rid of it <laughs> you know it's like right. pretty crazy. So then yeah. um yeah he he continues until he gets like level eight or level nine of the great solar stance. And then once mm-hmm. he does that, he's basically like a Super Saiyan from Dragon Ball. So he's like, yeah, I was about to say that's very DBZ. Yeah, he's with like power level, glowing yellow, and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and he like floats down to the earth, and he's you know basically reveals like, thank you, like I tricked you into like giving me the solar stance, and he's like, oh yeah. you you fool, like. And then he tries to fight him, but it's like, hey, I have the same kung fu as you now, and he like right. totally like soccer kicks him into the sky and then he slams down onto the ground there's some really cool undercrank oh. flipping around in this scene mm-hmm. too. yeah definitely 
I was half expecting him to kick him in the air and he just T-Rocket just disappears into the sky. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this is the kind of movie that would have done that. Right. But I almost like that he goes up and then he crashes down on the ground really hard. Like, you see him, like, smash into the ground. And then I love the last shot of that scene because he's like, he's like, you bastard. Like, you're going to have, like, a a horrible life or something. He, like, basically tries to curse him and then he just yells, like, ah, and then it cuts away. (laughs) <laughs> yep but then yeah and he even moke even says like you know after i get my revenge right, we'll come, come back, back and and save you yeah which i just thought was funny it's like well guessing guess, guess he's never coming back yeah. right, there's, right. Some, there's something almost kind of fun about those moments in movies that don't have sequels that were clearly trying to set something up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my favorite is have you guys ever seen the deleted movie uh fantastic four the roger corman produced one that i've was only never seen bits mm-hmm. of it well it's I, I've always been meaning to watch the whole thing. I think it's really it's really uh, entertaining watch, but there's, you know, Dr. Doom is the villain. Um, but mm-hmm. anyways, like at the very end of the film or near the end after he's been defeated, there's this little shot where his like arm comes up like in the foreground. <laughs> I remember no watching way. it with my friend thinking like, ooh, <laughs> he'll be back for the sequel. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Did like, you ever see Masters of the Universe? Even- the oh, human yeah, movie absolutely i have yeah they do that same thing where it's like yeah yeah like which is crazy because that whole movie feels like the sequel to a movie that was never made yeah actually there's it's kind of crazy in a similar way yeah. to this movie yeah that's a good way to describe yeah. this movie actually like it does feel like not only are there uh missing sequels but it's like yeah there are missing films prior to this or something yeah Okay, that's. I guess this is a good time to bring it up. The move or the book that this is based on is a Wuzhou novel from. It was, it was serialized in a newspaper, but oh. uh, it was in the It was in the early '60s, from July 6, uh, 1961 to September second, nineteen sixty-three. Mm, mm. Um, but it's called the Heaven Sword and Dragon Saber, uh, and sometimes it's called the Sword and the Knife. Which again, that's similar to the Wuzhou novel names that we saw with Crashing Tiger. Yeah. But it's um, it's part of a series as well. It's the third installment in a, a trilogy called the Condor Trilogy. Uh, oh, nice. And it, it all takes, like, the setting of it is supposed to be, like, the 1200s in, in the Yuan Dynasty mm. in China, which was whenever the Mongols kind of were uh, creeping in and or had taken over. I, I can't, I, I need a brush up on Chinese history <laughs> But that's whenever they're talking about government forces in this, that's supposed to be a reference to like the Mongol government kind of encroaching in. Yeah. Which I just thought was interesting. You don't really get their presence in the movie until like almost at the end. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of out of nowhere too. But um, after this, there's an interesting thing that happens too. So Mokei and Suchu are gonna, he basically wants to get revenge on all these people. And um, so they... There's a marketplace scene, and this has my favorite gag, where he's very shy, <laughs> Mokei, gag, yeah. and he's oh, with yeah, Su Chu, and she's like, you know, they're kind of close to each other in the marketplace walking around, but he's like, ah, oh, I'm going to hold her hand. So then he goes for her hand, and you see the shot of their hands together, but then when it pulls away... You see that it's an old lady with her exact same outfit <laughs> the exact on. Outfit is and yeah, and that woman seems so happy. I, I yeah. Love, yeah. I love everything about that little moment. It's so good. That never gets old for me. I love that yeah. shot. Uh, that's that's something I love about going through these movies is seeing like physical comedy 
knows no culture yeah. like right. like that's funny anywhere that you know if hand holding is even remotely a thing then that's funny and yeah, i feel like good. so much of this movie sensibility is like tapped into kind of like a, a teenage boy or like an adolescent boy yeah or whatever. yeah and it's that kind of insecurity of like oh, i'm afraid to express myself um mm-hmm. and if i do something bad it's going to happen i'm going to be teased by the other boys like in that earlier scene or I'll sure. make mm-hmm. a fool of myself or something and it's i i guess that is that is pretty universal in some ways it's good i love it there's a little situation where they're in a tea house and you've got some guys they don't really clarify who they are but they start talking about like the ming sect how it's evil or or the you know all this like they better watch out this and that but then it cuts to another table where there's a woman speaking with another man and you see that it's the jinxes that are there and you're like "Uh oh like stuff's gonna go down and this is a kind of a very quick interaction between these two guys where those like random guys totally get jobbed out they like get killed right away (laughs) and it's like hardcore too because not only do they get struck with arrows but then they it's like a a ladder like a cheerleader squad of arrow guys like they like that's pretty funny jump too. on they top jump of each other's shoulders yeah, yeah and those guys yeah. are done yeah, they like get two stories. knocked out but then what you see is that this woman that's there it's so confusing like when i saw this i i mean and it's never clarified but she looks exactly it's the same actress that plays yan so so who was chang mo k's mother and okay I'm glad. Okay, because when I saw her, I was like, she looks exactly the same as his mom. The, you could like, almost use this movie as that kind of like cultural test, like how long before the person bends and says that they look similar. Because I know at least a lot of us, yeah. like in the West, like we never want to make that mistake, and we're like, yeah, pushing yeah, really yeah. Hard you never want to be like, be that dumb Western is like, oh, they all look the same, but so it's I don't know. There's something like funny about it almost. Mm-hmm. The guy that they got to play his that got to play Moke's father mm-hmm. does look really similar to Jet Li yeah. too. Yeah, like that's that was, a cool that was looking dude. Casting. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. great. Because when I first saw him, I was like, "Is that Jet Li? Like, it looks kind of like him, but I didn't think it was supposed to appear until later." But yeah, so Yan So So and this character are both played by Charla Chung, and um, she's very pretty and. Yeah. She kind of has like a Madonna look of like kind of late 80s, early 90s to oh, me. Oh, I could see that. And um, I gotcha. she was kind of a darling of Wang Jing. So she was in a lot of his movies. And I guess she was so loved by him that he put her in two different roles in this movie. But they <laughs> don't like explain it. There's one little line that's in this scene at the end where they're making their way. There's a standoff because... Chang Moke sees the jinxes there. Oh, and the other thing is that the deer, the guy that plays the deer jinx, that's mm-hmm. the dude that played Lung Fun in Dreadnought. Yeah, yeah, Lung Karyan. Yeah, he's, yeah. But he's you, and that's actually not the only connection to Dreadnought. The guy that directed this actually wrote Dreadnought, or he was one of the writers oh, on it. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, yeah we mentioned that, like that was like an early screenwriting credit for Wang Jing. Actually, yep, I think but, one of his most early screenwriting credits was when Magnificent Butcher had to halt production after Simon Yuen passed away and he mm. sort of reworked the screenplay. For that mm, okay. Yeah. And really like not knowing, there's no way you would recognize him after seeing him in Dreadnought because he looks way older. I don't know. There's and he's something got about this... his bone structure, like from his opening scene when he like confronted like early on when he was like trying to steal like 
the little boy i don't know mm-hmm. there's just something he, he just jumped out to me right away but oh i didn't um, it, it wasn't until i was digging around that i was like whoa that's the same dude i also but, have um, his poster all over my wall like <laughs> in my bedroom and stuff <laughs> and a tattoo <laughs> and all the like 1993 tiger beat hong kong nice. tiger beats <laughs> tiger palm beat it's a problem man yeah. <laughs> So what happens here is that they make their way and they, he just says a thing like, actually, he thinks he's a, a man. Siu Chu's like, that's a woman. And he's like, oh, she kind of looks like my mom. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all you get out of that. You can just picture yeah, think, walking think... saying, good enough. That's, that's, yep. a, that's a wrap. Time for <laughs> lunch. Got it. <laughs> there's, this, there's this reputation that Wang Jing, maybe not so much at this point in time, but actually, no, like right right around here 1993 that uh sometimes he wouldn't even he would either like fall asleep during production or no. there'd be some days <laughs> where he would not show up to set no. and Stephen Chow said that that's kind of how he got his start into directing because he was in a lot of uh, a lot of big like Wong Jing movies like right around this time and actually uh a year or two to uh prior to this also and yeah there would just be occasions where you know Wong Jing either wouldn't be there or wouldn't really be participating. And, you know, Stephen Chow had kind of an opportunity to almost sort of take over the, the production. And I love that. That's yeah, hilarious. Really, really cool. <laughs> wow. So um, after this, we've got kind of all of these factions, they're meeting together because I guess where the Ming sect operates, it's this area, it's called Bright Summit. And there's going to be like a huge battle here. And you get to see the different factions a little more and uh we get to see green bat again because he's on the opposing wait oh man i'm so confused it's yeah i know it's well anyways he's like on the opposing side yes yeah, so i'm pretty sure he's yeah. on the opposing side from no mercy I- i'm pretty sure everyone that was working on the movie was just as confused though carlos so I think... <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> this is how it's um, supposed to feel it's like it's a and that's the worst part too with something like this is because with, you know, some other productions, there would be, you know, there's some underground following that has like a Wikipedia page where it's all mapped out, but no such luck for this one. Yeah, we're going to have is... to learn another language to understand right. things. Better. Yeah, for real. Again, if there's any Cantonese speakers <laughs> listening to this, shoot us an email. Here's three podcasts yeah, you want to come. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a little uh, thing going on where one of the Shaolin monks, he's masked and he kind of has a plan where, hey, Cheng Sung Fung's grandson, his name is uh, Chang Moke, and if we get somebody to impersonate him, they might have a good chance at killing Chang Sung Fung and getting us yeah. closer to, um, you know, the sword or whatever. And um, But at the same time, though, some representatives of Wu-Tang are there. Yeah, so this is a Shaolin sect side, and uh, right. Green Bat is on the Ming sect side. And mm-hmm. uh, so there's like, oh, man, like uh, the Shaolin, uh, the Wu-Tang guy, he's like, oh, well, he's dead. And the monk's like, he doesn't know. Like, yeah, he, he know won't that, know that. So. And um, then Green Bat shows up. But then this this thing happens where Green Bat steals a woman like he flies through like a like a jet. That scene's nuts. Yeah. He, yeah. Like he, really fast. So yeah. this is when you get this yeah. kind of like the Batwing in yeah. the 89 Batman where he's like flying totally. up in front of the moon but he's got this lady with him and then no mercy lives up to her name she yeah shows no she, mercy and instead of rescuing this woman she slices she, her in half 
in half. And it's, whenever, because whenever I first saw that, I was like, surely I didn't see that right. And then the person says, like, why did you have to chop her in half? I'm <laughs> right. like, wait, what? Yeah, and it's like this super quick under cranked shot of just this yeah. body flying like at a million miles an hour in two mm-hmm. directions. And but they said it's because his he's you know he's like a vampire and Green Bat's bite would like turn her faster than they could save exactly. her. Exactly. So like, so it's like a misery. humanitarian kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a mercy killing, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so I suppose. No mercy, that's crazy. But this, that's also whenever Green Bat literally throws a batarang at her. Yeah, it's and like she holds it in her hands, just a green batarang. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and this so is a moment where it's like you kind of can pause the movie and just like, I don't know, kind of thank your lucky stars that it exists. Um, I don't know, especially for those of us now, like pretty much any Hollywood film that we see, at least, you know, kind of a big budget blockbuster, there's a sense like it's gone through so many like levels of sort mm-hmm. of screening or focus groups or studio notes yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. you can't imagine there was like a single studio note on this movie. Um, yeah. It's just, just so like, just like free spirited, you know, it's just. Jet Li was actually the producer on the movie as well. Mm. Mm. And so I just I can imagine them like him just sitting behind the camera being like, that's awesome. Just keep doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Chop lady in half. Sure. Go for it. Go for it. We'll get it. We'll get in post. (laughs) So and then Green Bat like flies in to White Lion. He literally flies in. And that's really cool because it's always really cool seeing um, really fast wire work where like he's literally just swoops in and flips his hood back and he's see uh green bat has all bravado being like oh yeah she you know her sword's pretty strong but i'm okay <laughs> and then as soon as all the people leave he's like doubled over in pain yeah that's great oh god it's painful i thought i hurt yes of course i'm hurt but i couldn't show in front of them i'd have lost faith I really like this oh, set too and this plays a bigger part coming yes. up in the movie but it looks like this ancient kind of right. uh it's almost like it's in a cave or some kind of huge stone like temple it looks really yeah, cool. sort of like in temple of doom like where, where short round is like yeah fighting yeah yeah guards and stuff this whole section of the yeah. movie has almost like a yeah kind of like a treasure huntery sort of indiana jones flavor and like this the scene yeah, coming this up definitely of is like learning the ancient kung fu from the walls and stuff that's yeah and that's that's definitely kind of very indiana jonesy with like the and secrets and yeah. stuff like that in tombs but we'll we'll get to that sure sure we can cover this a little this... quicker because this is running long but um yeah well the next scene is this crazy battle scene it's where yeah. there's like all of the this is where all of the different sects are all run into each other and there's literally traps in the middle of the battlefield like sand traps where people and horses are sinking down and at one point no mercy literally like this is like this is like a dynasty warriors level I like had that people are just down. i totally <laughs> had that written down this scene is totally like, like... dynasty warriors had more gore yeah. like people like their limbs are getting chopped off things are flying everywhere there's huge it's... logs using like logs as yeah, projectiles. Yeah. like screwy like spears coming up and stabbing horses mm-hmm. and stuff like it's so crazy when i was watching i was like i don't completely understand how this fits into the plot but it's cool yeah yeah then you get the um no mercy shows up and she's using Mm -hmm. the yi tin sword and she's like popping dudes heads off like 
they're just flying up into yeah. the air like pop 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 and yeah. she goes into the ground where all the like sneaky it's guys like are tunnels. and then limbs yeah. just start flying up from underneath mm-hmm. the yeah you literally see like arms flying out of the sand mm-hmm. and landing it's 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 crazy if I uh, was playing Dynasty Warriors, I would definitely want to use her because yeah. she looks like <laughs> yeah, she'd be the most fun. That I could, I can see like an alternate universe where this movie was actually really popular, and there ended up being a Kung Fu Cult Master Warriors yeah. or Kung Fu Cult Warriors or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then this is where we get this like inserted song too, right? Yeah, that's right. And it drops. Oh, like, that's right. Like the last moment you'd expect. Like a sensitive. Oh man, ballad. that's right. There's. Yeah, there's this like pop song that's so cheesy yeah. and like my jaw was on the floor whenever I heard that and seeing like all this crazy violence and traps going off while this like kind of sad music's playing. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, it's weird, yeah. but it's, it's also it's like it's not sad enough and it's like yeah, the not tone, yeah. the tone is weird either. It's just great. It's like yeah. Yeah, and then there's this shot of all the different uh, colored armies kind of circling around each other. Mm-hmm. And that almost seemed like kind of like an Olympics kind of ceremony, too. Yeah, yeah. Because you get to oh, see yeah. all these different groups, and they're all kind of choreographed together. And then you get this kind of very, like, anime-style thing where in the midst of all the groups running around, they have tighter shots of all the main characters during the mm-hmm. song so you get to see no mercy and the leader of shaolin and uh ching su is there there's a thing too where ching su is on a horse coming in towards the battle and he notices that there's something weird going on and he just like flies straight up into to the air and then flies horizontally back like it looks so crazy <laughs> right <laughs> and in the middle yeah. of this battle you get to see um there's a shaolin monk that has these really bushy eyebrows and he looks <laughs> yeah. so cool and yeah, he's great his fighting is really nice too and he plays a part in the scenes coming up soon too and this is whenever we first get to see jet Li like really in action yeah because he comes into the fight and he is flipping all over the place he's literally shooting energy blasts out of his fists it's great and it's uh it's really good mm-hmm. like we get to see just incredible physicality on him but there's a little bit of confusion too because green bat tells gold lion the plan is that they're going to use uh chang mo k's name as like a means to assassinate him but then chang mo k really does show up and then uh su chu is explaining to the ming sect warriors that this is Chang Mo Kei. And then the guy's like, well, we heard that if Chang Mo Kei shows up, we got to kill him. So then yeah. they get tossed into the battle too. Right. And you mm-hmm. get to see him like doing all this stuff. And she does some cool stuff too because she still has sections of this chain that right. she's yeah, fighting with. Yeah, she's using the chains a little bit. So the other thing yeah, that's she's really, a really cool. she's a really strong performer in these. In oh these man, yeah, movies, she rules. Yeah. <laughs> so he's flying all over the place. Like, you know, like Kung Fu Superman. And he's just <laughs> perfect. like everybody's kind of beholding him. And 
the No Mercy sees this guy and she's like, wow, this guy's amazing. Who is it? But then the her student, the mischievous girl, sees him and says, hey, that's Chang Wokei. And she's like, wait, what? This guy is Chang Wokei? So there's a little bit of that in this sequence as well. Yeah, there the, is a movie called Kung Fu Superman, by the way. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh so. yeah, no, I've heard of that somewhere. I can't. Like, <laughs> Sorry, as soon as you it. said that, I just was like, there has to be a movie called Kung yeah. Fu Superman somewhere, and apparently there is. Yeah, so. but, yeah, this is such well, a you know. such a great sequence in this, and and then the sort of next major fights. Yeah, really jaw dropping in terms of just like the sheer amount of people on screen and oh yeah um, there's so many extras in this yeah it would be really cool to hear like how filming of this went because Mm -hmm. this sequence is it's not just the scale of it is insane and all the different factions are like color-coded so there's a lot of it really pops out like the people with the green and the red and the yellows and um and the shaolin people and like the orange it's it's great yeah it's totally like a cartoon like i was saying you know (laughs) simplify everything so everybody's very apparent and each character yeah, very clear yeah they all have their own personalities but what happens mm-hmm. is Molke and Suchu kind of break away from the battle and Suchu's like I'm gonna take you to this like secret place which is kind of random too that you don't really explain get explained why this is happening but some of the soldiers are chasing after them and they're like where is they where are they going and one of the dudes like this is like a grave like there's a bunch of traps in this place like they'll be dead if they go in there so they kind of leave mm-hmm. But um, this sequence then is them in this crypt. And it, this is very Indiana Jones, too. You kind of mm-hmm. have yeah, this thing this where, like, the... lanterns are lighting one after the other and this very mysterious yeah. thing. And there's, like, skeletons and stuff. And um, and a spotlight right on a skeleton, yeah. which, like, that just, that just totally reminds me of Raiders. Yeah. So what happens is they see that there is that, that Shaolin monk... He's in that crypt, the one that had the mask from earlier. Yeah, on. mask yeah. earlier. And this is where you kind of, it's not as clearly revealed, but you kind of understand, oh, this is the big, the big bad. So this guy's been in disguise as a Shaolin monk, and he's kind of been pulling the strings to make all these sects fight each other. And he mm-hmm. just wants to get this, uh, in this crypt, there's a dude that's, there that he's got like a kung fu like a stance it's called the magic stance so he wants that and then he can take over like the yun like government he's just kind of doing this power play and knowing that if he has the stance he'll he'll get everything it's not exactly clear and you kind of have to watch it and be like wait what's happening i'll say i i didn't know all that yeah (laughs) Like, I knew he was an important guy, and, like, he was the bad guy trying to, like, pull the strings, but I didn't quite gather all that the first time I watched it. But what I did gather is that whenever they start fighting, Jet Li's character punches his fingers off? Yeah, it's not so... <laughs> the Yeah, I think his name is Shin, Shin Kwan. Yeah, Shin Kwan. And he's defending, yeah, and this it's a smaller fight, but he's defending himself with his hand, with his fingers up, and Chang Mo Kei just punches through them. It's nuts. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, like really I think I feel like your hand would like bend back or something. Oh, but and that's the other just, thing too. They play oh, it like man. that scene with the bat, where it's like a really fast shot. So you get this right. kind yeah. of shocking reaction to it because you're like, wait, what just happened? And yeah, yeah it's not like gratuitous. It's not it exploitative. Yeah. It's just it just happens, and your mind has to catch up after you see it right. happen. But once this dude is kind of defeated and he doesn't have what he wants from the crypt. He like flies away, but then all these concrete slabs trap them in the crypt. And 
what happens is that there's this they say in the subtitles it's like persian writing but basically it's explaining the secrets to get the magic stance and um that's right because the they tales have to of the crypt i think is what they refer to yeah that's right <laughs> it's good to have you back you horror hungry humans so she because right, uh, she has to like bow to the to the corpse and they say like yeah because the the bad guy never would have bowed down to them mm-hmm. so she, because of that she's just kind of like it. praying to him so that they can leave and then yeah. that i don't know if she knew that or not but that kind of triggers them to get all of the mm-hmm. secrets and they realize that you know if you study this you can learn the magic stance but what they say yeah. is like a normal person it would take them 30 years to learn this yeah stance. this was kind of a silly but then a kung fu master will be able to learn it in three hours very conveniently yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah and then the the <laughs> thing about having the great solar stance is like he's kind of automatically a kung fu like prodigy right. so yeah. um kind of got jumped into the kung fu master world right <laughs> so while all of this other uh mess is happening between the factions he's studying this and i guess in the yeah what happened in the fight like King of Golden Lion, he, like, gets wounded really bad. Like, all of the Wu-Tang dudes, like, stab him. And there's, like, this scene, actually, with all That's of the right, different... That's right, like, five people stab him all at once. Yeah, all of the different factions fighting each other, and they're flying around and stuff. This kind of reminded me of Big Trouble in Little China, where it's, like, all <laughs> these guys fighting, and, like, you're like, oh, that guy's cool, and that guy's cool. Like, what what are they all doing? Like, flying through <laughs> right. the air and stuff. It, it was reminiscent of that. Uh, Green Bat's there, and he's got a lot of funny gags. And these are the things that I always remembered, where it's like they kind of play with him being wounded because he's a vampire. He's like, oh, I'm wounded, but I have to, like, save my blood. So he's, like, licking up his own blood. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But the other thing I really liked about uh, Green Bat is there's a scene in one. I think it's maybe a bit later, but he coughs up blood, and but he says... You know, I drank so much blood that I'm coughing it up, and he's not admitting <laughs> that he's wounded. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. yeah so, okay, great. after they attack uh, Golden Lion, they kind of stop. They're like, wait, this guy, like, received a mortal attack from five of us. Like, this is how strong he is. Like, we need to kind of respect that this has happened. So the fighting all stops. And then in the middle of that is when, I think is when Chang Moke and Su Chu, they, like, break out. And they show up in the middle of all of this too. Mm-hmm. Man, this is hard to keep up. Yeah, with. yeah I know. Wow. Although I thought <laughs> so they, much. I thought they break out like at a really opportune moment. Like it is uh, because what it is is the Golden Lion is he kind of is admitting defeat, and it looks like he's gonna take his own life. And right, oh, right at the right, moment right. where he's gonna take his own life, um, that's, that's when, they, when burst they burst in. in, and they like straight up fly in, like yeah it's it's great yeah Yeah, it's really cool (laughs) um and everybody like sees them and this is kind of where he officially yeah so moke kind of yeah he officially says like hi i'm king white king white lion's grandson yeah it's like he's his grandson yeah Yeah. and he's you know he's he's the real deal everyone thought that he was dead and also couldn't do kung fu but he's both alive and can do kung fu and what he says too is that that shin kwan was the one that was making them all fight each other and they they shouldn't fall for this trap. Then I forget what happens right here. Oh, he kind of does the... This is where he does the callback to Samo Hung 
uh, against uh, No Mercy where he smacks her around. Oh, right, right. That's right. So That's he right. does that he thing like, a bit. yeah, stupid nun or whatever it was that he was yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. And the Shaolin, like the leader of Shaolin says, you know, something like, you insulted Shaolin yeah, because yeah. he's saying that Shin Quan was in disguise as a Shaolin member. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how dare you... Um, yeah insult us so he kind of makes a deal like hey if i fight you and i win will this all be over and the leader of shaolin says okay it's a deal so he gets to fight that uh you know thick eyebrow dude that guy's yeah. awesome he's, he's great and he's he was also one of the choreographers apparently oh great um, great Ch- cho wing i think is his okay name. yeah this is so, a great great sequence here i yeah. the other thing is when i remember seeing this when i was young I remember thinking this movie was super long, like three hours long. But I think it's basically because so much stuff happens in it. Yeah, so, they cram a lot into uh, a pretty a short point, period yeah. of time. Yeah. So this was a fight that I was like, man, this is like two or three hours into the movie. Like, finally, we get to see this, like, another cool one-on-one fight because all of this kind of crazy stuff has been happening in the meantime. But this fight's so cool. Like, there's a lot of wire work mm-hmm. and... The Shaolin dude, like, he does these crazy attacks where he's, like, floating in the air, like, striking down with his hands, then kicking Mm -hmm. up with his legs. He's, like, clawing at him with, like, this dragon claw style where he's, like, Mm -hmm. striking at him but hitting the pillar. And you can see all of the scratch marks from him hitting the pillar. Mm -hmm. And then he says this really cool thing, too. It's, like, a total Dragon Ball thing where it's, like, man, this guy's really good. Like... If I am like at six thousand points of strength, like this guy's at ten thousand, it's like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, I was totally I just love how specific that is. That. Yeah, it's great. Because that's like, it's not like he's saying this guy is twice as powerful as me, or you know, however. It's just if if I'm this much, he's a little more yeah. like. <laughs> It's really good. HP is it? Uh, so yeah. what ends up happening in this battle, it's really cool. So Chang Mo Kei defeats him, but what he does is he's using the Shaolin like dragon style that he was using. So even though he defeats him, he says it's not as much of an insult because we were using your own style. Like I didn't y- defeat you with a superior style. Uh, I always yeah, thought that yeah. was really cool. And this is whenever we get to see um, No Mercy kind of stands up to fight. And again, this is when I was thinking like this is a total video game thing because it's like they're just finding excuses for them to, you know, get involved yeah. in, in different battles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, he defeats No Mercy by using the magic stance that he just learned. And once they see that he knows that, they're like, you know, he's he's the real deal. Yeah, uh, and that's really cool. They represent the magic stance as like this almost teleporting around. And there's yeah, like a yeah. swooshy like effect with that too. Yeah, it's almost like he's in like multiple places at once. Yeah, yeah. this is another thing where um, I don't know. Uh, Matthew, I know you watched some Fist of the North Star, Matthew, but have you watched yeah, yeah. like all the way through like with Rao and stuff? So there's this technique that they use. It's called Muso Tensei. And it's like represented the same way where they're kind of mirror like this kind of after image thing. And you can like defend against any attack. And mm-hmm. I almost wondered if that was kind of a similar 
Like if it was something they were influenced by. Yeah, because yeah, because that's it's funny. Usually when we talk about Japanese stuff, we think of it coming from this, but this is after Fist of the North Star. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So he's using that, and he grabs the sword away. But what he does is he kind of shows mercy against no mercy, and he gives yeah. the Yitin sword to that young lady. And as he's walking away, she immediately like betrays his trust, and she draws the sword out to That's right. strike at him. Yeah, this is through brutal. His hand. Yeah, and so he holds yeah. his hand out, and the sword goes right through his hand. Yeah, and like through it's his rough. Body, it's, it seems. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's crazy. It's really that's some really well done. I don't know whatever it's called. Whenever you have like the fake limbs and stuff, you get stabbed by yeah. in movies. And there's a name for that. The other thing, but it's really well done. Like it, it's you can feel it. Like it. Yeah, it's slow enough that you can like really feel like the the sinking in him stuff. And the perspective they use on that camera shot, it's like his hands Mm -hmm. like huge in the foreground, and you see the sword going right through. He does a similar thing to and like in Come Drink with Me, where he blows her away with like a qigong attack, but you see like air shooting out from the bottom of his sleeve. Right, right. Yeah, and there are a couple. Which whenever I saw that, that, I was. I was kind of thinking, that's, huh, when, 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 when did he learn that? Yeah. Well, this is the thing that you kind of see with this magic stance, is that it almost seems like he can do whatever he wants. Like, there's no yeah. limit to what he can do now. Now that he knows the great solar stance, and he knows this magic stance, it's like... He's, he's like, like in the Avatar state or something. Yeah, totally. He's, like, super powered. And, um, yeah, after this encounter, everything splits off, and... um. Gold Lion and Green Bat, they kneel to him saying that you're the you're like the master now. They said anyone that learns magic stance will be the master of our clans. And that's whatever they they team up and they team up and basically, you know, are uniting against a, a greater mm-hmm. a greater foe with the the Yuan the, government. Yeah, Yuan government. And no. um the other thing that's funny is that after like he he tells them like his first thing as leader is like we're gonna go to this graveyard and in the crypt that he learned the stance at and this is where we'll stay but the there's this really strange scene where he's dressed yeah, in all I was white ask you about that and he shows up in the crypt where he learned the magic stance and he's characterized as a villain in this scene where he just walks in he's standing around and he's has this evil laugh going on and then yeah, he it's like destroys the scene like that it, it almost I... feels like it was like either they're like trying to use the same set and save money and like shoot a scene for a totally different movie yeah and like it wasn't supposed to be edited in or this is something that would pay off maybe in like one of the sequels or something it's so weird but, yeah, it was yeah, like really. Because I I had forgotten about that scene because when I saw it, I was just thinking that's that seems like at first I was thinking like is that still Jet Li? You Lee's almost character? think it's something like, is, like it, that. You almost think it's like a like a different character that's you know evilly plotting and stuff. But then I was like, no, no, that's him because he's wearing a similar outfit in the next scene. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But the it's kind of weird. Yeah, the whole thing is like yeah what. And then there's this newer member that hasn't shown up until this part of the movie that's kind of whispering into his ear, like, hey, man, like, if we take over, you know, we can defeat the UN government, and, like, I'll be your right-hand man. Like, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, kind of want. a little finger yep. type. But he kind of put, right. he checks him. He's like, he's like, listen, like, I'll, you know, if you want to do this, you know, you can do it, but I feel like you're being too slick right now, so you better watch it. 
So we're moving yeah, along. Yeah, it's like this, it's like cool how he handles him, but also you're still there's still this like whiff of like evil gently about the scene. So yeah, it's but it's so their goal now is they're trying to get the other magical sword. We're circling back to the the one you get the swords. Yeah. Um, and this is whenever we get to see that uh, that same actress again. What's her What's her character's name? Chow Min, Ch- right? Chow Min is the character. Yep. This This character's yep. name. Uh, Charlotte Chung is the yeah. actress. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the actress that played the two different characters. Um, but this is when we get to really see Chow Min in her in her kind of environment. She's playing this big like zither, yeah, and just like constantly playing it all throughout the whole next like scene and later whenever she's in the fight scene she's still like playing it and stuff it's really cool you know like set up for it they say that they'll that they're gonna give the chowman's gonna give jelly and their party like a like a paste that can cure some this like ailment that they found someone on the road who's like hurt and they see the sword just sitting there and Green Bat just runs up and grabs it, and whenever he pulls it out of the sheath, it shoots out like this powder into their faces. Yeah, it was a and, trap. And later, and, and later, whenever they're all like sick from it, I was thinking, well, this is kind of your own fault. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, like I don't feel too bad for you. But then, it, yeah, it's also weird because it's like that powder gets exposed. It looks like to sort of everybody, but then it's almost like just some of the party was exposed to it and then one guy says like oh yeah I, I wasn't breathing but it's like oh but Jet Li was breathing like what <laughs> yeah but oh, he's but a I god guess he now is, oh yeah he is totally he does kind of dodge yeah so he does kind of dodge out of the way and I guess he is like super duper cool kung fu guy <laughs> so he can just move well, out it's of like the way it's like a reverse thing it's like if it takes three hours to learn like a 30 year kung fu then you know it would probably take like 12 years to be affected by a like, twelve <laughs> yeah, minute maybe. poison. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll let you do the math. <laughs> um, but you get to see how deceptive Chow Min is, and she's representing this young government, and uh, she kind of corners Chang Mo Kei. They have a cool fight where she's using that instrument. She's like darting the wires at him and stuff yeah, like that. That's, really, that's cool really cool. Sequence. And, kind of um, a foretaste of like a what what happens in like Kung Fu Hustle with the yeah the sure playing. yeah I love that and he he comes back after everyone's poison he comes back to see her to get the antidote and she's kind of cornering him and she's kind of got him she can bend him to her will and she tells him that uh, no mercy is on her way to meet his party that he left behind in the forest. And uh, he's worried that they'll get killed. So he's like, you know, I'll do anything. And she's like, I need you to promise that you will do three things for me. He, yeah, I, they don't really say it in the scene, but he right. agrees to that. And um, so he actually makes it back in time to save everybody from their mercy. It's really cool, actually, because... Oh yeah, that's a really cool scene because uh, that's whenever Suchu like stands up to No Mercy. Yeah. And like No Mercy does like this huge hit on her, and she flies back, 
And then she goes up and says, okay, well, that's one. Mm-hmm. And then she does another huge hit and walks up and says, okay, well, that's two. Right. <laughs> and you're just and thinking, then, like, yeah, Holy I think crap. one of the like, other Shaolin monks is saying, like, yeah, just let me just let me kill her or something. And then um, before she lands the third one, or Suchu holds up her palms, and then No Mercy goes flying back. And you see it's because Moke was like basically channeling his energy or something through her. Yeah, it's a really great. cool little bit. Yeah, she goes like flying through a bunch of trees and stuff. She gets really messed up. So um, after all this, Chow Min shows up again. That's right. Chow Min shows up again because she basically says, I'll give you the sword and like the stuff you need to cure your party, but you have to like make three promises to me. This is where that. But she doesn't, but she doesn't say what the three promises are. Just you need to make three promises. And it's great because after she rides off on her, you know, her beautiful white horse, one of the people people in the party says, wow, she is a cunning woman. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you you know what your mom said about them. Okay. (laughs) But so they know that bad stuff is happening in Wu-Tang. So they make their way back. Actually, no, they're going to see Shaolin. So they arrive at Shaolin and there's one monk that greets them. And he says, oh, no, there's nothing wrong over here. And they're like, wait, wait a second. Like... And Green Bat's and like, you're people, a faker. Like, you're not a real. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like your, you, your head you is just like shaved your head. Shaved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they go in and see all the shallow monks are just slaughtered all over the temple. Yeah, they've been massacred. And then what yeah. What Moke realizes is that Wu-Tang must be in this same danger. So he heads back to Wu-Tang. And um, now finally we're going to get to see Samo Hung again. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is a Shaolin monk shows up at Wu-Tang and he's saying like, oh, this, there's some bad stuff. The evil sect, you know, they're attacking. And he's like, okay, get up. But he's actually an assassin and he's trying mm-hmm. to kill him. But he handles him and Ching Su, like, it looks like he kind of like cracks an egg on his head, but it's blood. So like he hits <laughs> the dude on the head and blood splatters everywhere. Then Ching Su kind of has this turn where he's kind of confessing like, Oh, Moke didn't die and all of this and, you know, this and this yeah. and that happened. But really, he's also working with the Yung government and he stabs uh, Ching Su right in the gut, like to try and kill him. Yeah. Or stabs, stabs San Fung into the, oh, in the gut. Yes. Sam yeah. 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 It's like, oh, no, I'll save you, Sam Fung, uh, from this yeah. traitor. Haha. No, I'm the traitor. I'm going to. It's Yeah. It's so weird. And Sam, he takes like a champ, too, because oh San Fung just yeah. kind of just kind of continues on the rest of the fight like not really mm-hmm. even paying attention to the fact that he just got stabbed in the stomach yep so now once uh, uh ching su attempts this assassination all of the young government like guys show up so it's a bunch mm-hmm. of kind of soldiers but also the jinx palm guys so we get to see them fighting cheng sang fung and actually they do this cool thing where when they're attacking dudes They'll freeze them, so you'll see them attack with a blast of air, and then it'll show the guys falling down, and they're completely frozen. Yeah, that's with, really cool. This sort of like that's white cool, frosted but... ice as like a head. And... Mm-hmm. It's really cool. But uh, that's the kind of sad thing with this movie, because at this point, there's only like 10 minutes left in the movie, and whenever I first saw it, I was I didn't know that this was supposed to be a sequel set up, so I was thinking... They're going to have to wrap up a lot of stuff in a really short period of time. And that's the thing. They, um, the, uh, Moke's party comes in and they kind of sweep in to save the day. Oh yeah, that's right. There's a a cool bit when he first swings in 
Um, all the government forces have their swords, and Moke uses the magic stance to basically like magnetize all the swords up into the air and crumple them up into a ball. Oh yeah, that's a, and then they just fall down onto the ground. It's, oh, it's ball. really neat. Yeah. This is what I was uh, saying where it basically is like once you have this magic stance, you can do anything. Cause yeah, you just kind of do whatever the plot requires. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to like why he would know how to do this. Like, But it looks yeah. really cool, so I'm fine it with look it. It does really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess um, regarding my taste, I'm like... I'll watch something that looks cool, even if the story isn't the best. Like, I mean, I'm yeah, totally. It's not a hundred percent. Like, if something's really bad, I won't be into it. But I will take style over substance a lot of the time, and that's <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that in this movie. It, it depends on the thing for yeah. me, because like for something like this that it's like goofy, mm-hmm. then it's like like you've you've kind of earned being goofy, and like I'm just kind of accepting that this is gonna be crazy. Like that's. A lot of anime, I feel like, does that too. Yeah, totally, totally. Sure. I really like Moke fighting against the Jinxes. This is this is really cool. So you get a lot of crazy effects stuff. So when also there's this sort of like um, express Tai Chi training, like on the fly. Yeah. So what that's happens? Right, because, is, which is really, um, that's yeah. really cool. This is one of the qualifiers for his promise to Chowman. Yep. She tells them like. Yeah, Chemin comes in and basically says, one of the things I want you to do is to not use your great solar stance yeah, to, or magic to stance. fight. Or magic stance to fight. Yep. So he's like, oh, I can't use any of this Kung Fu. Like, Chang Song Foon kind of quickly gives him a lesson. It's like, you have to forget everything. Like, forget all the things you know. And this is Tai Chi. So... Yeah, kind of, <laughs> he gives him a crash course on Tai Chi while he's fighting. Yeah, it's like evil. cool because... He's saying like, yeah, like embrace, you know, this emptiness like s- stuff. And he's kind of trying to learn it at the same time. And he's looking over to the side as Cheng Sung Fung <laughs> right. is fighting the goons and he's using Tai Chi to fight them. So yeah, he's like applying it in real, real time. It's yeah. Yeah. Really cool sequence. It's very cool. And I, I really like just like the effect shots too, where uh initially when he's fighting the jinxes they jump in and they're both swinging all three of them are swinging their arms around and they're all shooting like these fireballs out and then i like that they show uh moke he's kind of all red in the face like almost like he's like if you play a final fantasy game if you get cast with berserk you can only attack but you're represented by a red in the face and it's almost that same thing where he's all red (laughs) and he's got steam coming off of his yeah it seems coming off of him it's really cool but he defeats them and they see Ching Su on the ground, like like basically groveling. And uh is it is it Moke or is it um San Feng who basically hits him and takes away his kung fu? Uh, it's Moke. Whatever they Moke, yeah. Moke Moke hits him and just says, like, there, now you can't use kung fu anymore mm-hmm. and I will let you live. Right before that. Thinking, though, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right before that though, <laughs> like when He's doing the Tai Chi to fight. I really like some of the set, like the environmental like things that happen in the fight. So there's like a big, yeah. huge drum that the Jinxes right. are fighting cool around. Bit. So they're kicking it around. And then the deer Jinx, he like flies right through it like a torpedo to attack Moke. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is the final thing that he does to the deer is there's one of those huge like uh, Buddhist bells. 
and he uses the bell and like the the piece of wood that hits the bell like as the weapon to defeat him and it's awesome because he strikes the the piece of wood and it hits the jinx and then the bell behind him crumbles it looks so awesome no it's a really cool it's a really cool final fight but again it it's just kind of frustrating that it's with you know it's it is with people that it's important for the movie, but you only see the Jinx people a little bit mm-hmm. in the movie. And it's not like some big villain that gets built up throughout the movie. Because at the very end, after he defeats them and spares Ching Su, then Chao Min, just you see her flying away and saying like, hey, you know, I still have you still have one more thing that you had to promise me. If you want to you know, save these schools, you have to meet me in the capital. And then we get this great last shot of like the five main people just kind of standing in a row. And then the credits roll and they didn't make another movie. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. As of of yet, right? (laughs) Right. Sure. We're waiting on that. It would have been cool with how crazy this movie was to see how would they have actually tried to one up themselves with the next movie. Because how crazier can you get? Yeah. This movie's insane. I, Whenever it was so crazy that for the final fight scene, they literally had to say, hey, you can't use your power. Yes. Right. <laughs> it is really cool that w- whenever Tai Chi comes into play in uh, Kung Fu movies, that's always kind of like the ultimate like martial art. I always like to see that. Yeah, it has like this sort of like moral high ground um, mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. I'm so glad that you guys were able to watch this movie. <laughs> oh no, dude, this was yeah. this is a treat. And honestly, like, whatever might be surprising about it, I mean, it's it's like a rare, like a rare bird, a rare thing. Like, um, mm-hmm. not the kind of film that would will probably ever be made again. You know, um, I mean, I do think it's should almost be required. Like on the DVD, there should almost be some kind of disclaimer. Like, yeah, this is like you know, part one of like a trilogy or something that was never completed. Cause like you're saying, Matthew, um, if you're kind of going into the final fight, not know, like not being able to brace yourself for that. Um, I could see maybe holding it against the movie, which isn't really, isn't really fair. I mean, they, I, I also like, you know, like all of the other choices, it's a pretty bold choice to, to not give you like a fully sort of closed ending here. Um, because there, there yeah, are plenty of films that have it clearly point to a sequel, but they don't sort of like you know put all their all their money on the table like that. But this is very much they threw all of it at we're gonna make another one to resolve the story, and and the reality said no, you're not. Yeah, and <laughs> that's the thing too is that the movie looks very expensive for the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can't imagine the cheap movie with all those costumes, all the wire work, the hundreds of extras Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's unlike most like big budget movies that you'd ever see because from the beginning kind of like we were saying earlier um it almost throws some of the more extravagant shots away it doesn't really linger on a lot of the like the sets or moments you know where the like frame is full of extras and i don't know i I find that like really special because i i mean i guess it's only logical that you know, for like a really big production, you know, usually the studio and the producers, they sort of, they want to see the money on screen. Like that's how the saying goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something about how Wong Jing makes, makes this movie. Uh, it just moves at this sort of breezy pace and it kind of just throws scene after scene away. And 
I have to imagine it really adds to like the rewatchability of this. Um, Cause yeah, Carlos, how many times would you, would you guess you've, you've seen the movie? Would you say? Oh <laughs> man, I don't know. Probably close to 10 times at least. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like it's like that kind of movie, like, I don't know. I think it really like favors rewatching because there is a lot more to, to dig out of it. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. if, even on a level of like, Oh, I didn't fully understand like what was going on. It's like, mm-hmm. just something more, you know, even kind of like core to the story that you could, you could get on that second or third viewing. This was mm-hmm. a, a kind of similar to how I remember when uh, you and I, Marty started talking about Kung Fu movies, how you, went right to uh, Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, how you were like, yeah. dude, you got to see this movie. This was like the movie for me where it was like, once I found out that there was somebody that I knew that was into these movies, I had to know <laughs> if they saw it, and then <laughs> I had to tell them to watch it. It's like, we've got to watch this. <laughs> well, yeah, this, that's what's, you. I don't know, so cool about uh, like our podcast now is it's like this opportunity for like all three of us to be sharing these things together yeah it's great Mm -hmm. and really honestly like if the only thing people get from these episodes is that they want to go watch the movie i feel like my job is done Mm -hmm. totally well i think that's gonna do for this week thank you so much for listening to this episode be sure to check us out on facebook we're just at heroes three podcasts you can follow us on twitter at heroes the number three podcast thank you to anyone coming here from the kung fu cinema subreddit Uh, If you have any comments or complaints or anything like that, just let us know on there. Thank you so much for listening and, you know, giving us a chance. And yeah, we should really appreciate it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, So what is our training for next week? So next week, uh, and this this is probably another one of our most popular films to date, staying with our Jet Li sort of little sub theme here. This is a movie from the following year, 1994, Fist of Legend. I think it's safe to call it a modern day classic. And I think it's yeah. going to be a really great kind of change of direction <laughs> from this week. So I uh, can't wait gotcha. to, to watch that movie again. And yeah, well, it'll end up forcing us to kind of grapple with some of Bruce Lee's legacy, which mm-hmm. we've only sort of um, touched on, you know, briefly here or there. And mm. yeah, return return to form for Mr. Yun Ping's choreography. This is, probably one of his most uh sort of acclaimed acclaimed films in terms of you know the fight choreography and yeah just terrific <laughs> so much fun i love this cool. movie as well it's i'm very excited to watch it again well until next week where we're talking about fist of legend i'm matthew i'm marty i'm carlos we're the heroes three remember your training <laughs>